Hey, everybody. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the nerdy movie podcast. I'm your host, Tom. With me today is Will. Hey, everybody. Bruce may be along a little bit. We'll find out a little bit. But we are still continuing our 1994 series. And, you know, we've been kind of jumping around between Oscar films and, you know, films that we would be curious how they would do in this situation. Here's one where it's an action film, but so critically acclaimed, it probably could have had a good shot for a Best Picture nomination if there had been some serious talk about it. So we're talking from uh, 1994, Luc Besson's Leon, or The Professional, depending on which version you're referring it to. But yes, The Professional, if we go with the American theatrical cut. So. Uh, this was Natalie Portman's uh, debut. Uh, Jean Renault plays Leon, and we have some uh, epic performance by Gary Oldman as Stansfield, the extremely corrupt and extremely on the edge DEA agent. And uh, we have some other great, you know, performance like Danny Ailes, uh, yeah, as the most lovable like mob boss you could think of. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and it, it's it. This is one of the films that. I, you know, Will and I were talking before we started recording. Its impact, I think, is way more specialized than people realize. Because if you look at action films prior to this, aside from, say, Terminator 2, they were all kind of very formulaic in many ways. Like, there hadn't been any major advances in, like, storytelling for action films and, and or technical shots or so forth like that. Or, you know, this, you know it was mostly your standard Stallone Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, Steven Seagal, you know, and they all kind of have a, they follow patterns. This one is so different that it's kind of harkens back to a 70s style, but also kind of, and to a lesser extent, there's some Hong Kong, like John Woo themes, but not the John Woo over excessiveness with, you know, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of doves and, you know, back to back gun shooting. But uh, this film, I, I would call, if you look at like films, action film within a couple years after this and even further down the line this was very influential oh yeah uh, so the action in this is very so prior to this movie you really see uh, action films were as, as tom said very formulaic you see a lot of the same kind of things where you know you got two groups shooting back and forth the hero never misses. The bad guys suck at shooting, and they stand out in the open and do do basically things that are dumb in shots, right? Yeah, yeah and, and the hero's always some like uh, ex-military special super you know, spe- yeah, specialist whose family's been endangered, and you know it's it, it's you know commando. It's pr- you know the, these gimmicks kind of re- return themselves over and over again. Yeah, and this one, um, the action sequences are what I would ter- term pseudo-realistic. They are much more realistic than, um, I mean, people use cover. They use weapons that are, are useful at short range without being have, having to aim accurately. The um, people who, sh- who shoot are in the what we call spray and pray, uh, which... You know, when you're an untrained idiot firing a gun, that's what you're likely to do. And the difference between Leon's combat effectiveness and everyone else's, you can definitely they're definitely emphasizing training as being a thing. And then the, some of the some of the kills are really good because Leon knows how to use the space he's in. And that's his big thing is he he you know he hides up in corners, he's in the shadows, he strikes from stealth or or surprise and just does all sorts of great that opening sequence of murders is 
uh, as good as any John Wick film. Oh, a hundred percent. I think we both agree. John Wick owes a lot to this film. I think it does. Now, I think John Wick leans more into the Fast and the Furious style of pseudo superhero style action. I mean, John Wick's pretty ridiculous, but even that has a much more gritty style. It has a gritty style, even if it's not realistic. Yeah, um, the, the actual core, fight choreography is so you know tight and intense. Even though you know, John should have died from so many of the wounds he gets in every movie. Oh yeah, and and you don't see the 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 more Hong Kong cinema style action where everything is very cinematic and stylized and really cool looking. I mean, you know, I I think John Woo films are a good example here. Um, they can be very stylish. I mean, you know, you look at Face Off later on. Um, that film is incredibly stylish, incredibly um, cinematic. And, and incredibly over the top. It is over the top, and it's meant to be over the top. And that this is not that. This is a very grounded movie, comparatively speaking. But honestly, the action sequences, while they're the icing on the cake, I don't think they're the uh, the best part of this film. Although that, that, that first action sequence and the last action sequence are great. Um, uh, so before people get out, the, the basic plot of this is... 12-year-old girl's family is terrible and gets killed by corrupt cops because dad stole cocaine from them because he's an idiot. And But in the process, the beloved brother of the 12-year-old girl, Matilda, gets killed. It just so happens that she's managed to sort of semi-befriend this weird guy in her apartment complex who turns out to be this weird hitman. <laughs> <laughs> who murders everyone and uh, they form a relationship and it's a weird relationship because he's super awkward and she's also kind of awkward because she's suffering from trauma and her growing up role models were television and her terrible stepmom, neither of which was a good influence. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, well, You know, people talk about like, why is she so, kind of troublesome i mean like look at her life she's react she's kind of reacting to being in a horrible situation like you know cps should have gotten her out of there a long time ago yeah exactly like she is acting in a way you would expect given her upbringing and her and her role models i mean her sister's no her half sister's no prize her her stepmother is certainly no prize her father is a terrible person the only person in that household who is actually a decent person is the young brother and well, sad for him. I'm if if you don't like seeing family members get shot in a film, this is not the film to go see. Yeah, um, I mean, let, let me point out this is the the violence is pretty shocking, but it's not like gratuitous either. It's like like they don't linger on the stuff. When it happens, it happens. It's so it's, it's they do in a couple of shots, but that's really just to emphasize the brutality. Uh, yeah, I'm specifically I mean, thinking about the yeah. bathtub. Yeah, that, they, when, that shot is about as I mean, but at the same time as. You know, when you take a uh, basically a, you know, a shotgun shot that close, it's going to be you know pretty uh, graphic. So I, it, I it is, but I'm thinking more of the shot from behind the tub where you see the hole and the yeah. red dripping and the blood kind of scattered and the the slumped body. So I will say that while it does linger a bit on that shot, I think it's more to emphasize the brutality. Like all, all all the shots are brutal. Like when especially when they're killing the dad, the dude's just shooting him repeatedly. Uh, that is a brutal sequence. It is not glorified. No, none of the fights in this are glorified. As cool as Leon is, shit looks hard, and he gets hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, know? it's 
Yeah, and look, look, actually, we we should point the opening sequence where we see him on a mission. It's such a fascinating bit because you know he walks into a room and into a hotel where this mob, this uh, drug dealing guy with a bunch of guards, you know, uh, yeah. guards. He just walks up and just flat out kills this guy, flat out in his face, and then you know proceeds to basically play this kind of cat and mouse game to kill all of these guys. Just to get behind the guy, the the actual, but the tar- he's not even a target. His goal was just to make him call someone to point out, I can't, you know, it's like, you're leaving town. Like, he's not even supposed to kill this guy. He's That's the rules. Like, he's just killed, I think, probably eight or nine guys just to threaten one person. And it's fascinating for that concept because you think, oh, wow, he's just going to kill. All right, he's going to cut this guy's throat. No, he's making him make a phone call. It's it's such a weird, but also you can tell that the drug dealing guy is pretty important, but the local, somebody there is mad he's there. And I guess it could be, you know, you can guess what reason he, you know, is he coming to a turf is not his zone. Is it the girl that he's having an affair with? You know, it's like, there's three, there's multiple possibilities why they want this phone call set up. But is it you know is the cost of life worth it? I don't know. I mean, in in the mafia, apparently so. Um, this is also the most brutal we ever see. Old Tony, like, oh, yeah. apart from having seven people killed just to make a phone call and make a point, uh, Old Tony is probably one of the more upstanding characters in this movie. Uh, he has a code of ethics he follows. He keeps his word. He uh, he cares about his family. Uh, he's trying to help. I mean, he's trying to help Leon in a lot of ways, um, and their relationship is is an interesting one. Um, so, you got that going on. Uh, this movie. Well, anyway, I guess we're getting off topic here. But um, so what happens is during when Matilda has gone out shopping to get some stuff, this murder, this horrible slaughter happens. She comes back and she just walks right past it. And knocks on Leon's door and basically gets him to let her in so that she doesn't die. And then she somehow she basically convinces him, "Hey, let me stay with you. I'll clean your house. Teach me how to be a hitman." And that ensues. Now in this cut, um, one of the things I felt is the middle stretch of the film is a little long um, because it it it, foc- it doesn't show enough of certain things. In my opinion, like I really think there should have been more of a training montage. There's the the good sequence with uh, where Leon is showing uh, Matilda how to use a rifle, which is a good sequence. Um, there's a sequence that goes on a little too long, I think, uh, where Matilda is trying to get Leon to let his hair down and relax a little bit, even though he never does. Like he sleeps sitting up in a chair with glasses on with a gun next to him because hitman and. <laughs> It's uh, anyway, there's there's are sequences that are like that, that are. And I know it's 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 a fine line, too, because you got to figure out, is this a bad scene? Is it dragging or is it or, you know, is it, you know, kind of important for this character moments, too? Because like like the charade sequence, there's a sequence where they're playing charades and um uh, it's 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 not really charades. It's more guess the character. But yeah. It's a it's a good sequence. Well, it opens a little creepy. So there there let's talk about that. There's Natalie Portman in this is like twelve. Yeah, she really was. I mean, that's just it. She was this yeah. is her debut. And her, she does a great. And, and, 
I'll give her credit. One of the better child actors I've ever seen. So good job, yeah. uh, Natalie. And her parents were with her. The a lot of people were with her. her parents were on set the entire time. They insisted a lot of safety was taking care of her. Like she, her parents made sure she had firearm training for any scene where she's holding a gun. So she actually knows a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's good. I, th- I think that the, the the backstory on this one is far far, far better than the last one. Um. But eh, there are a few shots. So there's the scene where um, she she tells Leon she loves him, and he. I mean, it's it, it's played a little bit for laughs, which is fine. But it's also not. There's a couple of camera shots where she's like lying on the bed, and she's in this little crop top thing, and it's really awkward and creepy of a shot. And I think the intent was to show you that this is an awkward, creepy sequence. And Leon, as he should, gets himself out of it with a couple of laughs and moves on. And, you know, he, he basically pushes the, the subject aside as, as hard as he can, which, you know, good. But in trying to make it make the point, the sequence just became a creepy shot. And it's creepy. It, it's, it's just a creepy shot and it made me feel uncomfortable. And maybe that was the point, but I think it was a little much. And there's a couple of other shots that are like that in this film. So people need to be aware that there are some uncomfortable bits, but yeah, it, it, it was uncomfortable for 1994 even. So, but I, I give that, like I said, there's a restraint, you know, she's never sexualized, which even when she's doing the shreds, Madonna and, uh, you know, Marilyn Monroe. That is, you know, there it's it's you know, like I said, it's a very fine line. They barely managed to keep it on that. Now, unfortunately, I, I think you could argue that maybe they didn't, but well, um, uh, that's just it. That's everyone's tolerance is a little different for that sort of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, she as Natalie Portman said over the years, she had so many creeps, basically constantly, you know, uh, accost her for years about the, uh, you know, like she's had people constantly try to buy you know the clothes she wore in that film. It's like. It's yeah. You know, it, it's unfortunate. It's one of those unintended you know, side effects that you know. But there is something that should be addressed, which is you know, unfortunately, it's kind of creepy. Is that Luke Besson, when he wrote this, he was inspired by his relationship with his girlfriend, who actually played the girl in the opening sequence. You know, the uh, one who's like who. Uh, Thirteen, and they started dating when he was like thirty-two, and she was seventeen. Mm. Yeah, so he's got some yeah. issue. He's got, he himself has got some stuff. He's try he's to portraying this, but at least they don't go there, you know. But like I, I give him credit, like Leon, and that could be John Renault didn't want to do it. it. Could be her Natalie Portman's parents didn't want any of that, but they don't go there. And I give them credit, like they don't they don't try to do the shocking part of it. Of the you know, but I do like the idea. Of maybe Leon thinks of her as a daughter. She may think of him. She clearly thinks of him in a different light, but she's uh, she she has a a I mean dare I call it a schoolgirl crush, but he just happens to be a hitman. Yeah, it's um, like it's the te- it's the girl falling in love with her teacher. It's the, right, I mean that's that's the story they're they're showing, and it's done kind of creepy. But again, in story, Leon totally shuts that crap down and is like, "Nope, I'm gone." Uh, but I think he does see her more of as, as a daughter. Especially towards the end, um, it, it, it's it's. I'll admit, having a kid, it's kind of hard to watch some of this movie. 
um, for me. I, I, it had been a very long time since I had seen it. And uh, same here. I mean, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, this is this is kind of awkward. Uh, but it, I think plowing, uh, I did plow through it. It did take me, I took a couple breaks just because it was like getting kind of weird. And But ultimately, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was in, uh, and some of the cinematography is really oh, well yeah. done. Uh, the, the walk at the end where oh, yeah. he's, uh, Leon is escaping through some subterfuge and the, the, the main villain comes up behind him with a gun and Leon is unaware and so the, the, the camera shot changes to his like first person viewpoint and you see him walking towards the door and then like the camera falls over and it's just really, really well done and very French. It's very French, which makes sense because this is a French action film. Um, and the, there's some other sequences that are really nicely done. Uh, I think a lot of the action sequences are very well shot. They remind me a lot of... Um, Oh, what's that movie? Oh, I can't think of it. There's a there's a Hong Kong action film. You mean the killer? Not or the killer. killer. No, 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 no. Uh, fairly recent, actually. Uh, what was it called? The Tower? I don't remember. It, there, oh, uh, oh, 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 the raid. The raid. Thank you, thank you. Yes, the raid. It reminds yeah. me a little bit of that. Like there's the, in, in in fact that everything's kind of in tight quarters, and everything's sort of shot up close. Like the gunshots. Like you you very rarely see. A long distance shot. If someone's shooting a gun, you're generally the camera is looking at the gun and the shots are going. There's a few times where they break that rule to show the the murders, but a lot of the the way the gunfights are shot is when bullets are flying, you are seeing the bullets come out of the gun. I mean, you're not. It's not like zooming in or anything, but you're seeing no. from the perspective of the person getting shot. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 unique. You know, I wouldn't call it camera trick as much as just. A great perspective, you know. I think they take advantage of like where you can put a camera, and you know, by this point, camera has gotten you know what you can do with a camera and how how you can hold this got so much better. They can do these kind of techniques. So uh, I agree. It's like, and you know, a guy like Luke Besson is very visual director, so he's got these ideas. So yeah, I can and- tell he's like, I, I can do this. You, something I didn't get to bring up is this film came out of the fact that he was still trying to get the Fifth Element you know in production and he couldn't get the script exactly the way they could afford it yeah so he wrote the script kind of on a fly in like a span of a couple weeks Uh, and the idea was (laughs) if you've seen la femme nikita it's the same it's kind of the same character um because he lajamra plays a a character named victor who's looks identical in the way he dresses and refers himself as a cleaner but he decided not to use the same exact same character but the same concept and just like what would uh, what would this kind of guy be like in New York City? And it's you know from there he quickly made this idea of this, you know uh, it's and Lone Wolf and Cub you can get an idea as a slight influence on this story too. Uh, and I honestly I think it's I think that visually it's very well done. Um, there's a lot of up especially of the uh, this is sort of what I refer to as gun porn in a lot of ways. There's a oh, lot yeah. of up close scenes of guns and guns being assembled and guns being loaded or unloaded or cleaned. And uh, I mean, it's almost, it's almost excessive in some ways, but that's kind of the point, Yeah, uh, it's... which I liked. I mean, I, I enjoyed it in John wick and, and I enjoyed it in this movie. Um, I do think that because I watched the theatrical cut, I missed, there's some scenes that uh, I felt were missing um, training montages and such that I really think, 
would make it a better film even if they made it longer but i think that they could keep the same length of runtime and trim out some of the other scenes that are kind of weird like the whole bit where she tells the hotel dude that oh he's not my father he's my lover i was like what (laughs) i agree that's an awful bit but it also shows how reckless she is it's like that's kind of the other thing that they constantly bring up is that she's basically that kid that is going to get in jail if something doesn't you know she's already on that path of she's a delinquent even though as they constantly point out she's gifted she's very smart she's supposed to be going to this really nice school yeah, yeah, the fall, and yeah, but she's also this. You know, she's angry at the world because she's had a horrible life, and it's clear she's, she's, you know, she's basically like she's kind of proto Courtney Love in a way. Like you could tell who her favorite, you know, people are. It's like Madonna, Courtney Love. It's like very punk. She's basically a punk, but she's not, you know, dressing that way yet. So it's, you know, she could be in a couple of years if her parents hadn't gotten murdered, probably dealing for them. Uh, maybe. I mean, it's sort of. It's it, she's clearly a messed up kid, and that's fine because she's supposed to be a mess. I mean, this is like if Batman was a hitman and not rich, yeah, <laughs> and meets and Rob and then Robin is not Rob, you know, and Robin is the well, girl. No, I mean, so look, it's Wolverine and Kitty Pride or Ju- you know, it's like it's a, uh, more like Wolverine. Jubilee based on her outfits. But yeah, yeah, I get the point. Um, and this is not a comic movie. This is not a comic book movie. I'm not. I'm not trying to emphasize it. This is much more grounded than that. Uh, but but at I mean, the same time, Luke Bugasson is a comic book nut. Like when you see the Fifth Element, that's you know. Oh, I, comics. Is, I love the Fifth great. Element, and that also has Gary Oldman in it, <laughs> in, yes. a, in a, as a crazy, insane person, which apparently was his thing for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we should point out this is like that peak period of time where Gary Oldman is like, if you need a nutcase, crazy, over the top performance, you get Gary Oldman because he's perfect. And this film is kind of like the definitive, like over-the-top psycho performance because Stansfield uh, so, is like the worst cop, but you also get, you get the idea is to his superiors, he gets the job done and they don't care. He's basically triple dealing everybody like he's right. They don't care. Uh, one of the things that I really liked about Gary Oldman's performance was um, when he takes the pill and then like cracks his neck and all his bones, it's such a, the, the sound design on that is so good. Um, because it's super creepy and weird and scary at the same time, and it's really yeah. just—it's like God, this guy's a freaking nutcase. And I love how all his minions react the same way. Like he starts talking to him, and they get scared. And he's like, "Hey, hey, Stan!" And the guy's like—he's got the gun pointed right at him. He's like, "And he, you see the guy kind of move out of the way." Yeah, and we and don't this, know what he's takes either. That's the thing. Yeah, he's we like, don't know what the drug is. I mean, for all we know, it could be you know Tic Tacs that are just really big. Uh, but it doesn't matter because he acts like a freaking nutcase when he takes them. Yeah, I, I've read. I, I did some research. Like it's once again, they keep it kind of vague, but it's um, either a lot of PCP, or it's something he's mixed up where he's like mixed ecstasy, PCP, and like cocaine. He's like he's mixed. It's something he. It's something special he takes just for when he goes killing, and it's because you know, like those drugs don't kick in that fast. But he's done. You know, he's because of his DEA's connection. He's gotten something that's just. He's either made it or he's found some guy to make it where it's, but he gets all the, uh, everything at once kind of, and you can tell like reason and co- is completely out of his mind once it kicks in. So, yeah. And, uh, good on Gary for the performance. Cause I, I bought that shit. Look, Lion Seeker. Yeah. Um, rambling about Beethoven while he's in the middle of a, <laughs> a massacre, which kind of like- reminded me of a clockwork orange. 
Yeah. In some ways. And I think that was sort of like a, a sly callback to that, to that sort oh. of a completely crazed, unhinged violence for the sake of violence. Um, but he's cultured. Yeah. Well, well, the juxtaposition is that, oh, he's talking about Mozart and Beethoven, so he must be cultured, but he's also this really crazy, insane person who murders people. So, yeah. And he's also, he, he works for the, yeah, he's a, works for the DEA. DEA. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, did he get, was he a guy who got too deep undercover or was he just that kind of person that they sort of let, he just worked his way the system and quit. Once he got into it, he got like, he took advantage of everything, which, you know, that there's a whole police corruption side of the story, which is topical now too. Cause like, it's like that they're, you know, they kill all these people and there's no repercussions. Cause they're like, what happened? We just raided the place and they all, everybody got killed. And it's like, yeah, there, yeah, I'm sure it was reported. Well, there was a drug bust over a bunch of, you know, uh, a an apartment where a bunch of people were murdered. It's like they don't report. Oh, they busted in and killed everybody. Yeah, in cold blood, including uh, a kid. <laughs> Two kids. I mean, yeah, the I mean, sister. I mean, who presumably is like in her late teens. Uh, yeah, she because... might be 19, but the idea is she's. She yeah she gets shot in the back. So it's not like and it's not a pretty scene. Like I mean, at least they cut. At least they don't show the the four year old getting shot. No, just the idea is he's running around. There's gunshots, and that's kind of what I mean. The one guy who shoots him, he's just like he's the same thing. They're just shooting at anything that's running. So of course they don't even pay attention. Oh, there's a four year old trying to hide. Well, I also like one of the things I like is that everybody is on edge, right? Yes. There is nobody in this film who was calm about shooting. All these guys are hardened killers, and they're still nervous. Like the guy who shoots at them when they come out of the the apartment, and he's like, oh, "Jesus, yeah. Benny, what the fuck?" You know, and it's like that's a real thing that happens because it's gunfights are scary. Gunshots are scary as shit, and I never want to be around that many of them ever. No, and, and when the old lady comes out, say, "What's going <laughs> oh my god, the old lady?" I was like, they're trying to interject a bit of humor, and honestly, I did like bark out a laugh but it was that weird nervous laugh of yeah. oh god uh, they're <laughs> oh, gonna kill an old lady <laughs> oh shit you know they don't yeah, but it, yeah and it's weird too I, I was reading about her that she was woody allen's uh english teacher in high school <laughs> what that's so weird yeah okay. i don't know how they it's like luke Besson's like okay i gotta get the most bizarre possible new yorker you know stereotype i can <laughs> And I guess Woody Allen either knew him or he talked to him and he's like, here, here's my, um, here, call it my English teacher. <laughs> it's like, okay, wow. But, yeah. uh, uh, and she's like, you believe she lives in that apartment building. Oh, oh yeah. You absolutely believe that she's a resident. She's like, what are you stop bothering that family? <laughs> bang, bang, lady, get back inside. <laughs> and, and by the way, it also shows he's a really good shot. He does not shoot her. He shoots the glass behind her. On purpose to get her out of there. So right. I mean, you can tell he he was not like he wasn't so amped up that he just didn't know who he was shooting. No, he knows exactly who he's shooting. He's that good a shot. Just when he's he just takes the drugs to basically you know put him in the that fourth gear. Yep. So anyway, it's, it's so violent, but it's also so like impressive. So yep. uh, and then we get to the part where basically you know. <laughs> Matilda decides to become her own kind of go rogue and try to start killing them. Meanwhile, he's been kind of secretly trying to do it at the same time. It's just it's like they're both kind of the secret unwritten rule. They're both trying to do it. She gets captured in a pretty crazy way. I mean, taking all those guns in there is suicidal, you would think. But it also shows she doesn't care if she dies, which is 
something. Well, I think she does done. care because, especially, I think she does care, but she's trying to pretend she doesn't. Uh, remember, she's emulating Leon, who is when he's on the job is a consummate professional, as the title of the movie says, uh, and she's trying to do the same thing. And obviously, she's twelve year old. She can't. She can't. I mean, she this couldn't. is not Hit Girl from Kick Ass. This is no. And, and by the way, I think that's another film that should be. You can see the influence on that as well. Like anything Matthew Vaughn's made, you can tell it's got a Luc Besson. You know, yeah, but it, I mean, it's also got uh, Frank Miller's fingerprint, uh, cr- oh, fingerprints yeah. of crazy all over it. So, you know, <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you read the comic, it's, yeah. It, I'm comic, not a big but, fan of Kick-Ass. I think it has some good sequences, but it's not my favorite film in the world. Um, no, but uh, so, yeah, you can see all this. And, uh, you know, and then he kind of just comes in there just to save her, which I love that the cabbie's like, I, I can't park. It's a government building. Well, I love the yeah. cabbie's like, oh, man, that took 10 whole minutes. And I was just like, that's great. You just, it's like, it, you know, he just walks in, kills the two guys, and they walk out. And you think there's no way that happens. Like, eh, this is one of those agencies. He doesn't kill two tell. guys. He kills like five because he kills the two people at the oh, desk. Yeah. Oh, maybe he doesn't kill them, but he certainly incapacitates them. Yeah, he just walks in and basically gets her <laughs> out pretty fast, which is a, you know, you think this guy's that good at that kind of extraction. Yeah. And the other thing I think is interesting is like, they all know he did it. They have cameras, but it's also a case where it's early 90s. They don't have that good of security. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, and it's also a place where everybody's going in and out with guns anyway. So you can tell that's kind of the problem for a building like that. Yeah. It's... You can kind of see the early 90s sensibilities is all over this film. I mean, like, they made it like, you know, well, I mean, oh, go yeah. ahead. I, I, I really like uh, one of the things that both uh, Leon, uh, basically Leon and Matilda take advantage of is distractions. When somebody is distracted, that is when you get them. Uh, like when she passes, when she puts the food down and walks through the metal detector, um, you know, and obviously all the weapons are in the food bags and stuff, right? Um, which the audience knows, but and but clearly the cops are distracted. And also when she sneaks back into her house, into her apartment to get her mementos and a big blot of cash. Um, you can see that she's clever. You can see that she takes advantage of distractions that she has learned something. Yeah. She's, I think that's she's important. got street smarts. Well, not even street smarts. She's also learned to watch for those opportunities as a hit person. And that makes sense. You see what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, all of, everything he's helped her. He's been teaching her partially. Admittedly, he's been teaching her how to be a hitman. Basically, just to give her, keep her from actually going out to try to kill. It's, you get the idea is like he's trying to keep her busy so she can either let it go, or or she'll be skilled it. enough to go do it later. Yeah. Yeah. So if she, when she does do it, she'll know what she's doing. But more importantly, he's just trying to hold her off from just going to do something reckless. So to go she off on a it. yeah, she still does it. But to go off on a, a pop culture tangent, this reminds me a lot of. Arya Stark in Game of Thrones, at least at the beginning, before it kind of went off the rails and crashed into a paw, <laughs> crashed into a building. Um, oh, that's a whole other podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. But we, I'm, not, I'm just saying that the beginning of, of that story plot line is very similar to this. You know, she meets some dude after some horrific tragedy, and he takes her under his wing to sort of distract her from going out and getting herself killed. Uh, so it, I, I just think the parallel is clearly there. Yeah, I mean, you can say Martin. Let's be honest, George R. R. Martin likes to, you know, he was, he, you know, he's a, 
he's been working in television and movies for decades. So whenever he comes up with some, he's clearly gotten barred from something else, not in a bad way, but he's like, okay, yeah, he, I'm sure he saw the professional before he was working on the, you know, finished the first couple of books. So I'm sure he had those ideas in his head. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's fine. Pop culture sort of is, is self-referential like that, right? Exactly. That's how we get, that's how we get two volcano movies in the same year <laughs> or two tornado movies or what have you. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Or two giant meteor movies. I mean, that happened. Yeah. It's like every year, like we got to have two of something. Two of something. Um, and, and you know, this is, this is another case where there was no bond movie right now either. So it's like, this is that long stretch where there was no Bond movie. We had plenty of like revenge action films, but nothing. In but they were all kind of formulaic. Is... They didn't have any. They didn't have any style. I guess is no. what I'm saying. This, you'll, uh, and we talked about this with True Lies too. True Lies has a style to it, and the style is attempting to be comedic. It doesn't work, but you can tell that they were trying a style. And this, they're trying a different style. They're trying a very gritty, grounded. Nobody is nobody really is all that good of a person except for maybe the kid. You know, the four-year-old is fine. Matilda, kind of, and old Tony, surprisingly, and Leon because he has this code that he keeps to. And nobody, like none of these people, even even the best character in this who isn't the four-year-old boy, is still kind of not a great person. <laughs> oh no, I agree, and that's like, the so. Yeah, so that's what I love about this film is like it's it's a care it's a study of really just awful people, but yeah, at the same time, like Leon basically dies because he's kind of he wants to live. It's kind of like you always get this vibe like the reason he's so good is he doesn't care if he dies. In this, but the very end, he's like trying to get to Matilda. You can tell he's dropped that 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 um uh that kind of sensibilities which is how Stansfield is able to basically catch him at the last second. Well that but, and he's been shot multiple times. I mean Well that's just it though. He that sequence when he takes out most of those uh um, SWAT team is perfect because it's so we know he can do that. He's done it before. And he also so, survives an explosion. I mean they, they shoot a fucking grenade into his apartment. And yeah, I love it like, like two hundred <laughs> men and you can't find one man and a girl. I mean that's it. That's, that's just a, it. There's it's it shows how incompetent and like overzealous these guys are to get him. He plays it to his advantage. Like he's got this. He sends her through the wall. They don't think to check that. He he says, "Come on." He's basically he's like, "Come at me, bro." Yeah. <laughs> they fire the grenade in there, which he ne- is exactly what he wants. He wants a big explosion because he docks. He grabs the uh, you know garbo one of the guys he's killed, and they just immediately assume he must be one of those their guys. Yep. Because they don't know what he looks like. Correct. And I, again, it shows a realistic, clever. I, I think I think the movie's very clever in that. Um, yeah, this movie wouldn't work. This idea, in, you know, as technology got better, but at this particular time, it works, and I think that's the key. Is like, yeah, you know, there's no. Yeah, this is definitely a movie media, of its it day. Happen. I mean, with, yeah, with cell phones and stuff and stuff like that, it wouldn't. Uh... Yeah, it would turn into John Wick because John Wick. That's a lot of. The... Uh, I mean, current thing. Let's 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 not bag on John Wick. I really like John Wick. Uh, oh, so one of my favorite yeah. films. But that's the point. When you get in this day and age, it has to be more in that kind of way. You can't have this grittiness because it's the tech basically takes out the chance of. of I, I think you could still have it, but it would have to be more of a period piece. Agreed. Um. And I, I mean, or you could just really play it super straight and just have it be everything be very fast. Uh, you know, you don't have cool action sequences. You just have you hear some gunshots and people die, <laughs> which is honestly kind of how this plays, which. Yeah. Anyway, 
I think that uh, we're reaching the wrap-up point. So Yeah, I mean, the only last thing I do want to bring up is just the the nuttiness. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it a couple times how Gary Oldman – and this is one of those things. It's like everyone talks about the – it's like, get me every, everyone. Yeah. It's so over the top, but, you know, like he's just coked out of his mind. Right, but he turns he really it on at the right moment it. because in the bathroom sequence where he, where he confronts Matilda in the bathroom, he's much more calm, and that's actually scarier, you know? Yeah. Like when he's yelling, he's clearly off his game. When he's, because because I mean they even show that in the in the opening sequence where he murder where the family gets murdered, when he's being calm, he's much more dangerous. When he's yelling and screaming and going off the handle, he becomes much more chaotic, and that makes sense because he's and it's also how he gets Leon because he realizes he's he sees that he 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 catches that he realizes oh that's the guy. Yep. I'm gonna, he just and he basically pulls what Leon does. He waits in the shadows. He catches. He's like he's figured out Leon's mode of operandi, and he just follows him right the right point. He's like right as Leon's in the light, bam, shoots him right. I guess in the head. Although I think it's kind of like he shoots in the back of the. It's head not in the head. It's in the it's in the back. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. there's no way if he shot him in the head, there's no way Leon could roll over, pull a grenade. So can we talk about Chekhov's vest of grenades? <laughs> because. That was my favorite part of all this, like, cause, cause, after the opening sequence, he comes home and he takes off his jacket and he's just got guns and grenades and just so much shit. And I was like, that's gonna be important later. But man, is that crazy! And then at the end, it's the exact it's Chekhov's vest of grenades. So, uh, great sequence. Uh, really, uh, and I really... love Gary Oldman's reaction. He's like. And he opens it. He goes, "Shit." Yep. Just, well, <laughs> <He's> shit. Like, <laughs> it was really good. Uh, I mean, what else are you gonna do, there's right? There's nothing else you can say. Like, shit. Well, <laughs> you know what? It, you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of um, the reaction of, uh, I guess, Willy Wonka from uh, Snowpiercer when the train's about to explode. He's like, "Nice," <laughs> and then everything just explodes. <laughs> and once again, you can st- you, you gotta assume that uh, Bong Joon Ho is a big fan of this movie because like there's. And, and you know, I have one thing I do want to bring up. Also, there's a a lot of video games clearly have looked at this film when they you know they uh, map out their uh, sequences because there's a you can see a lot of Arkham Asylum you know tactics in this film. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, this is this is if Batman didn't care about people dying, right? I mean, that's the, exactly. that's the, that's the the theme they're going for, and it's really it's really well done. Um, I guess in conclusion, uh, for once, I enjoyed this film. It's a little bit of a hard watch just because it's, there are parts of it that are very uncomfortable, but I'm glad I saw it. I don't know that I'll watch this over and over again, um, but I certainly enjoyed the film, and I do think it's worth seeing uh, yeah. as both an artifact of its time and as just a good – lots of really good action and some really, really, really good performances. As, as weird as some of them are, I think uh, Gary Oldman and Natalie Portman are the standouts in this. I mean, oh, okay. and no one is bad. Nobody is bad in this. Even even the shitbag dad at the beginning plays the part that he was given perfectly. And I, another thing I love is the uh, all of Stan's feels like crew. They're all like, I I don't care who these people are, but they all got those distinctly like the guy with the dreadlocks. You're like, that's a DEA agent, but you believe it because they're just like this. His and you know you don't know their names. You don't care about the names, but you know who they are because you. They have those distinct looks, and I, it's like everybody plays exactly who they should be. Like this guy's like the you know, one guy's a little more serious than the other one. The other one's like clearly too high. <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, I want to know the story of the old guy in old Tony's restaurant who never moves. <laughs> I was like, is he That's just dead? I was just like, is he just dead? Is is he dead? Does he move? Or is he Tony's boss? Or is he Tony's like... boss and Tony's just the front man? And wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. Um, and uh, apparently there was uh, briefly developed a sequel, which would be Nat- Matilda's story. But Natalie Portman said she just didn't want to do it. After... She said after 9-11, she did not feel she could do it. She really didn't really work with Luke Besson. Because at that point, he's starting to develop a bad reputation. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, you know, don't do bad things. <laughs> I mean. Not be a. Don't weird. be a terrible person, I guess, is yeah, really all I can say. Yeah, that's probably my best. I mean, we, we both agree, you know, when he makes Fifth Element next, he's at this new incredible level. But then every film he's done since then has been way over the I mean, Like, Lucy is one of those movies like, what? Were, how high was he when he came up with that plot? I haven't actually seen Lucy because a bunch of people said, Will, you're gonna, your brain's going to pop when you see this. And I was like, you know what? I can pass. Oh, it, okay. It is definitely like... Watch it for what they try to do, but it gets it gets to the point where it goes straight into Akira. It's like he wanted to make Akira, but he couldn't make the rights get the rights to it. it right? Goes, it, oh God. Like okay. Well, I don't. Okay. So, movies. and I'm gonna be a blasphemer here. I'm not actually the world's biggest fan of Akira. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Me neither. <laughs> and I'm an old school. I'm an old Taku, as it were. I, I like a lot of the older anime, but everyone yeah, was always talking about how great Akira was. I'm like, eh, it's fine, I guess. It's not really my thing. Yeah, but that's that's the point. Like, as his career keeps going on, he gets into more ridiculous stuff. So this, but this film is, I would call his. I, I specifically think this, La Femme Nikita and Fifth Element are three. I want to call it masterpieces. I give the guy credit. Now, um, something we've been talking about this series, like you know, of the films we've talked about that have been nominated for Best Picture, would you put this in that in one of their slots? I don't think that I would. Um, I might put it in for Best Actor. Or best actress oh. because Natalie Portman needed an Oscar for this, um, but the film itself overall I don't think was best picture material. There's some good bits too. There's a lot of good parts, yeah. but they don't all add up to being like again. I don't think this is a super amazing film that everybody should see. I think it's a very good film. Uh, I wouldn't even I, w- I wouldn't call it a masterpiece um, because the elements don't quite fit together. There's I, I think the opening and the closing are the best parts, and the middle has really good sequences in it, but it kind of, like, there's two sequences, so one of the examples here is there's two sequences with old Tony, where Leon comes in and starts talking about his money and how he wants to, how he's starting to, like, dip into it, and that that could have been one shot. That didn't need to be two shots. I, I get I get what they were, I get why they did it, but it, that really could have just been one yeah. shot, and it didn't need to be two. Uh, same with some of the um, getting kicked out of the apartment twice, like, did we have to see that twice? That, that you could have done that one time, and we got that she's reckless. We didn't need to see it again. I, I guess it's like I get the point. It didn't get to the point. So I think the movie is good, but it, you could have trimmed some of the fat and really made it a nice lean story. Um, yeah. So I, I, I agree a hundred percent with you. This is a case where you know if they had ten nominees, maybe this might have gotten like a tenth spot. I don't think it's better than some of the. You know, I don't. I definitely wouldn't put in like a. a five best per, you know ar- arguments. I, I agree with you 100% about acting. I think John Renault and Natalie Portman and also Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman's great, but again, he's a little he's a little one note, but his performance is really selling that one note, and I completely bought it. I love it. See, that's the point. Like, by taking, he knew exactly how to do it, 
and he nailed it. So that's why I would put him in like a best supporting actor nomination. Supporting so, actor. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. that would be fine. I thought you said best actor. I was like, oh, I don't no, know. I'm if he's the best actor, he, but he should get a nomination. I'd give it. I mean, like, I'm trying to think who won best supporting actor that year. Um, uh, was it? It wasn't Morgan Freeman, was it? No, no, no. Morgan Freeman didn't actually win for like ten years later. Uh, <laughs> I'm Shame. Yeah, Shame. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would put him in the best supporting, you know, category specifically because it's just one of those movies. It's like, wow, this is this perform. All three of them are iconic performances. Like whenever I see John Renault and anything else, I immediately think of him as the pres- professional. Just now get him a, career, a thing I mean, of milk. Beginning of her career, and you know, something we kind of danced around. You know, she's twelve. George Lucas sees this movie. He immediately decides she's going to be Padme. Like, even though she auditioned several times, if you think of that, how Padme is supposed to be described, it's Matilda. So it's like he basically stole this character. But unfortunately, by the time he finally made it, she had a few growth spurts. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. But also, I think that a 12 year old girl as the queen of a country probably wouldn't have worked out so well. Well, that's um, just it. In the script, that's what she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like 12 or 13. So that's what uh, that's the other weird part about this. He still kept that that that's supposed to be what. Yeah, it's awkward and strange. But we've talked about how Lucas can't write his way out of a paper bag sometimes. No, but that, uh, that's, this is the film that was one of the genesises for Phantom Menace. So oh, I, that's a shame, really, because well, <laughs> that's a shame. Let's just but say that. Uh, like I said, that's you know that's the nature when we look at these films from their perspective. So. Uh, oh, but, but anyone I, who says that Natalie Portman can't act, I'll say go watch a professional and tell me she can't act. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Go go watch professional, then to come back and tell me she can't act, and I'll know you're lying. Yeah, exactly. You may not and like I, her acting, but she can do it. Yeah, and the, the, like I said, she's 11 or 12 when she makes this film, and she's incredible in this film. So uh, anyway, uh, this has been the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this one. If you haven't seen the professional, please watch it. You know, either the professional is the American cut or Leon is the – uh, the original cut, both are fantastic versions. You can get, I know it's on the Criterion, did a great edition of it. So there's plenty of ways for you to see this film. Take advantage if you haven't. Just enjoy the film. And I, you know, I think we, we both say this was a great one to watch if you haven't seen it. And it, like, and I think Will and I both agree it's uncomfortable. But the payoff is so good. I do think the payoff is good. And uh, to, to chime in for Bruce here, who sadly couldn't be with us today, um, I th- did they succeed at what they were trying to do? Yes, 100%. <laughs> so All there right, you go. Folks, please, uh, if you like the podcast, please give us a review on whatever uh, platform you're listening on. And you know, make sure to tell your friends about this. Uh, we're continuing our series as we keep going. We got more movies in the works. And uh, you know, like I said, hit us up on our Facebook group and our Twitter account. Uh, Will, thanks for joining us again. And, folks, please, 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 if you get in a gunfight ju- with anybody, just make sure Beethoven doesn't get brought up. Also, don't forget your plant. Oh, uh, definitely don't forget the plant. And please, look above the door when you walk into a room. <laughs> all right. Leon and Spider-Man powers. Uh, see you all next time. Uh, take care, everybody.